Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob, good morning, buddy. Good morning, Gary. How have you been? Been great. What you been up to? Been up to a lot. Um, Did you enjoy your week? You had Memorial Day weekend It was a great weekend. Some nice relaxation time with the family. Good, good. And a little bit of R&R. We all need Uh, that. Things definitely picked up, though, going into the week. And I had... A significant amount of buyers contacting me, nice. you know, midweek about getting pre-approved. And, you know, I'm finding that a lot of these buyers, especially these first-time buyers, were pre-approving them for FHA loans, which stands for Federal Housing Administration Loan. It's a government-backed loan. And there seems to be a stigma around FHA loans for a lot of people. Hmm. They've maybe heard from others, family, friends, et cetera. Um, and there's some different requirements for FHA versus others. So I really thought it'd be a great topic this week right. to pick apart FHA loans, what they're all about, advantages, disadvantages, myths, misconceptions, just everything around them, because it is one of the best loan programs available. It's just very misunderstood. All right. Well, then let's do it. Um, what are the main advantages of FHA loans over, let's say, other programs for home buyers? So FHA loans, again, Federal Housing Administration, they're government-backed loans. But one of the best parts of FHA loans is a lot of people that are starting out on their home buying journey, they may not have great credit. They may not have 20% down and all these criteria. FHA allows you to have this very flexible criteria to be able to buy a home. Low credit score requirements, normally you can get an FHA loan down to 580 with most lenders. Now, during the heat of COVID, those requirements were a little higher. They increased them to 620, but they seem to be back back down now to about 580, which is a very low credit score to get a mortgage with. FHA is the only loan program um, for the normal civilian, meaning not VA or USDA. It's the only one that allows you with a lot of flexibility to have that low score. Also, there's a lot of flexibility with debt to income ratio. So on conventional loans, especially now with the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you have to have a really low debt to income ratio. And they've really tightened up those guidelines recently. So if you have student loans and car payments and credit card debt and other debt, it can be difficult to fit in that box. Even if you have good credit, they won't approve the loan because of your debt to income. FHA, pretty much religiously, since I've been offering these loans almost 20 years, they've allowed you to go up to 56.99% of your income to be that total debt payment, meaning your mortgage payment and all of your other debt combined at 56.99. That's unheard of. Any (laughs) other loan other than VA would never have the ability to do that. FHA allows you to do that, which again, gives you a lot more buying power in the market. Also a great part of FHA, which none of the other loan programs have like conventional or USDA, is that FHA only requires a two-year seasoning out of bankruptcy. So if you had a bankruptcy a couple years ago, you don't have to wait five or seven years. You can get an FHA loan in most cases after two years. Same thing with foreclosure and short sale. You had a bad experience with a past property. You had a foreclosure. I've had buyers where like their ex-spouse foreclosed on a house that they were on and it got on their credit and they're thinking they're down and out. FHA will let you get a loan after a foreclosure or short sale after only three years. So it's really not that long of a timeline afterwards. So that's a really great part of FHA. And the last last advantage Mm. I want to mention here is that FHA loans allow up to a 6% seller concession, meaning the seller can pay up to 6% 
towards your closing costs and prepaid expenses at closing. A lot of the other loans, like conventional, depending on how much you're putting down, sometimes only allow three, four, five percent. FHA allows six percent. So if you're cash strapped, FHA is an amazing loan because you can have the buyer pay all of your closing costs in almost all the cases. I'm just curious, how did the FHA program e even come to, to be? So FHA has a really interesting history, and it was founded by Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, back in 1934. They passed a, a law called the National Housing Act of 1934. It was, you know, right after the Great Depression. They were trying to stimulate the economy. And what this is all about was this housing act. It insured mortgages made by lenders. So before, when a bank would lend you money, it was them on the hook. There was no insurance. There was nobody else involved. When FHA came around, they actually would go on the hook for part of that mortgage so that the banks would be a little bit more opting to lend to people because it protect them against some of the losses they'd incur if somebody got foreclosed on or that sort of thing. Now, um, the idea was to give affordable credit to low to moderate income home buyers because the issue was that before this FHA came out and before the National Housing Act in 1934, normal mortgages you had to put 40% down or more to get a mortgage. And back then, again, coming off the Great Depression, that was a yeah, ton of money. Had you had to be absolutely wealthy to get a house, to put 40, 50, 60% down. That was the criteria. So then when FHA came out, it allowed these lower down payment options, you know, much, much lower than 40%. I don't know exactly what it started at, but I know today it's at only three and a half percent down on an FHA loan. And that allows a huge opportunity for low to middle class people that don't have a ton of money and they can get in with all these flexible criteria through FHA where other loans you couldn't. Yeah, I was going to ask you, and you, you kind of lead into that. Who is the ideal or most ideal candidate for the FHA program and refinancing and, and all through FHA? So FHA, like I was saying, is really geared towards the low to moderate income, yeah. but there is no income requirement. So I've had oh. people that make a quarter million or more a year get an FHA loan. There are, through conventional loans, there are some income requirements to get in on those low to moderate income. FHA doesn't have those requirements, but it's geared to that low to moderate income because of the low down payment requirement if you're buying a home or the low equity requirement if you're refinancing a current home. You don't need a ton of equity to be able to take advantage of the FHA program. Also, like I said, lower credit. Um, with conventional loans, you really need a minimum of 620, but if you are looking towards the higher loan to value, the lower down payment type of scenarios, you really wanna be in that 660, 680, 700. And also conventional loans really penalize you for your credit score. And FHA has some adjustments, but it doesn't penalize you near as much as the other types of loan programs. So if you have lower credit, or like we were discussing, if you had a credit event like a foreclosure, a short sale, a bankruptcy, FHA is your way into home ownership or refinancing. There's almost no other programs that allow that. And the ones that do like non-qualified mortgages or what we used to call subprime loans, they have very high interest rates, very high fees. Uh, they're predatory in a lot of cases. So FHA is just a great 
segue between a conventional and another loan. It can get you in the door, so to speak, and it can be a great first loan. It's not necessarily the last loan you'll ever get, but it's a great first loan or intermediary loan to get you where you want to be. All right, so to that point, how many times can you take advantage of an FHA plan? Is it only one time or... You can, can you use it a few you times? You can use it more than one time, but typically you're only going to be able to have one FHA loan at a time. Oh, there okay. are certain criteria, certain circumstances. For example, if you're moving more than 100 miles away from your current uh, current property and you're buying another property over 100 miles away, if you meet certain criteria, you can get a second FHA loan. But especially in Connecticut, 100 miles away isn't in the state. You're moving out of state <laughs> at that point. So for most people, getting two FHA loans at the same time is not going to be feasible. But what's very common is you get that FHA loan, and then ultimately, as we'll discuss, you refinance into a conventional loan, and you can go and get another FHA loan down the road. There's not It's not just a one-time thing. It's just you can only usually have one at a time. So if you can't discuss some of the advantages then of FHA loans for those refinancing Financing and looking to tap into uh, and maybe tap the equity of their home. So tapping equity right now is so top of mind because of the home values increasing. Right. And a lot of people think, oh, my credit is shot or I had a bankruptcy two or three years ago. This isn't going to work. I can't access that equity. Again, FHA is an amazing program to be able to do that. And one of the best one-two punches that FHA can allow is that you can refinance tap equity Use that equity to pay off debt. Take care of maybe some old accounts that are screwing up your credit or make things right with some old creditors. And that naturally is going to boost your credit score. So now you can qualify for a better loan down the road. So you use that FHA as kind of that entry level band-aid, I call it, like mm -hmm. a band-aid loan just to get you from point A to point B and let's get that credit score up. Let's use the equity to buy another property. Like I said, take care of other bills, start a business. There's all these things you can do with the equity. FHA allows you to cash out up to 80% of the equity in your home. Now, back when I started in the mortgage business, it would allow up to 95%. But as the housing crisis uh, went through in 06, 07, 08, 09, they started scaling back. They went down from 95% to 85%, and now they're at 80%. It's been for several years FHA has maxed out at 80%. I assume at some point they'll ratchet it back up. But again, 80% of the equity in your home can be quite good, especially with rising home values. That's why it can make so much sense for tapping equity. There's got to be disadvantages, I'm thinking. So what are some of the disadvantages or or maybe the some of the negatives? negatives. Yeah, mm -hmm. the FHA. Well, versus other programs, let's say. So there are definitely some big disadvantages to FHA, and it's important we touch on those because I think people put those at the top of mind, and it's why FHA has a stigma with a lot of home buyers and homeowners. First of all, FHA does charge money to make these loans. They charge in two ways. Number one, they have an upfront fee that they charge. As of right now, it's typically going to be 1.75% of the mortgage amount. It's a flat fee, and it goes into the FHA mortgage insurance fund to help protect from these losses we were talking about for right. banks. Okay. So that's an upfront fee that gets financed into your loan. The second thing is they charge a monthly mortgage insurance premium. Even if you have 20 30% equity with FHA loans, you still have to pay the MI, the mortgage insurance that a lot of people try to avoid. That money also goes into that that mortgage insurance fund. And the FHA mortgage insurance, depending on the type of loan, it's typically going to be around 0.8% or 0.85% per year. 
So you can do the math on the mortgage and how much a lot of properties in Connecticut, you can expect it to be, you know, one to $200 a month in your payment. So that's a disadvantage because even if you put a big down payment or have a lot of equity, you still have to pay those extra fees. But that's what FHA is all about. You're insuring losses for yourself and others so that they can make these loans to people that couldn't get it otherwise. Another big disadvantage is the PMI, the mortgage insurance on an FHA loan, in most cases, it never falls off. So they changed this in, I think it was 2013. It used to come off when you met certain criteria, but they changed it to where if you make less than a 10% down payment or if you have less than 10% equity in your home, the mortgage insurance on an FHA loan never comes off. What does that mean to you? It means you have to refinance at some point to get rid of that PMI, which obviously there's costs and benefits and things to refinancing, but it's required that you refinance to get rid of that PMI insurance, which so many people don't want. And the last thing that I'll say as far as a negative is FHA is more strict than a conventional loan when it comes to appraisals. So the most common things that I see with FHA appraisals that cause issues would be chipping paint. They're really big on not having chipping paint from a safety standpoint. So you'll have to repair that paint uh, that's chipping. The appraiser will take photos if it's there and require that it be painted over, scraped and sanded in order to meet the criteria. And the other one would be handrails and, and safety issues like that. If there's more than a couple steps, you have to have a handrail. So a lot of the time, if you don't, they're going to require that you put up just a basic handrail to meet those safety requirements. This is why, as we were talking about last week, there's certain advantages and disadvantages to putting in offers depending on the mortgage. FHA is typically not going to be the number one mortgage that a, a listing agent is going to want because they might have to repair chipping paint. They might have to repair or add on you know, these handrails. There's some basic repairs that might have to be made for an FHA buyer that wouldn't have to be made for other buyers. So those are some of the stigmas and negatives that FHA has. And, uh, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, this is what it is. You got to pay the price to get this type of loan. And these are some of the negatives that go along with it. But it's better than no loan at all. Oh, right, right. No, of course. All right. So paint chipping. Is it lead paint or... I mean, I have seen just any chipping paint on the interior or exterior of the property. It has to do with you know, the safety issues behind if somebody, you know, sure. eats the pain or whatever. And I'm looking at these criteria. Um, a roof, if it's an old roof or a roof over 20 years Typically, old. Typically, a roof isn't going to be an issue unless it's physically, you can see it deteriorating physically. The appraiser's not going to go on the roof. All right, what so, about a furnace? Let's say a furnace that's aged. No, they're not really concerned with that unless there's a physical defect that it's going to show up in pictures of the property. So I had a client a couple years ago in New Britain that had a roof issue. The reason he was refinancing was to get money to redo his roof. And I asked him up front what condition physically it was in visually. And he said, no, it's in good, you know, visually it's good, but I know it needs to be replaced. I was just iffy whether the appraiser would call it out or not because I had never been to the house and there was no issue. Again, the appraiser is not a home inspector. They are just there. They're not jumping on the roof. They're not going, like opening every cabinet and all that. They're just there to make sure that it meets the HUD minimum standards. It just needs to meet the minimum standards. So they're not as concerned with the age of those things. They're more concerned with the quality of the, the condition. And if visually it looks okay, they're usually not going to go any further than that. And again, I've had people that think it's going to be a problem and it doesn't end up being a problem. You just want to be prepared for potential issues. I just know that codes, as 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 we've aged, codes have gotten more strict, right? Where energy-saving windows, for example, 
would that have would that be a part of something if you have cracked windows or not if they're yes cracked windows could be an issue definitely i've seen cases where those have to be repaired so as long as it meets that hud minimum standard they're not again as concerned of the age of things even if you have a kitchen from 1971 that doesn't disqualify you from fha it just is is it in livable condition is it safe and sound to live in if it meets that and it looks okay visually, then most of the time you're going to be okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. Well, I just know that safety codes uh, have been have increased over time. You know, they got more strict, I should say. Um, that's why I mentioned uh, energy-saving windows, for example. Um, Any of that's going to help the home, the help the home value, of course, and, right. you know, the uh, curb appeal of the property sure. potentially. But an FHA appraiser, again, they're not a home inspector. Gotcha. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show with uh, Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Of course, Rob uh, can be reached at 860-413-3938. Can, um, can you give some examples on how an FHA loan can be incorporated into a long-term mortgage strategy? Yeah, it's a really common thing for people to use an FHA loan as that Band-Aid like we were talking about. So a lot of first-time buyers will use that FHA to get into the home. And I tell them, this is your first-time buyer loan. This isn't your big boy loan. This mm-hmm. isn't the loan you're going to keep for the next 20, 30 years. This is the loan you qualify for now to get into the house with the amount of money you have, with your credit, with your down payment. This is the great option for you. But what usually happens is, especially for the first-time buyers with thin credit files, is that as they make these mortgage payments, their credit is going to be building because now they have a mortgage, which is looked at very favorably on your credit, and it's going to be increasing that credit score. So it's very common that after anywhere from 8 to 12, 18 months after getting that initial first-time buyer loan, we can refinance you into a conventional mortgage, get you out of that first-time buyer loan and into that more long-term loan. I've had a lot of buyers switch over to a 15-year mortgage at that point or a 20-year mortgage. You know, Depending on their finances, it can really be optimal. For people that are uh, homeowners and refinancing, where FHA can fit in is, Uh, As I mentioned earlier, using that FHA loan to tap the equity, let's use that money to repair and rebuild your credit and Mm. protect your credit. Let's pay off the debt that's been weighing you down. Let's pay off some of those old medical bills or other installment loans, auto loans that are weighing down your monthly budget and hurting your cash flow. Once we do that, all of a sudden your credit score goes through the roof. Sometimes in as little as 60 to 90 days, you'll see a credit score go up. 50, 70, even 100 points, depending on where they're at. 100 points in three months. I've seen it happen. And it really all comes down to using that equity wisely with the help of an advisor to position you financially for the future. And then same thing as with the home buyer, we then look at that loan. 8, 12, 18, or 24 months, we do this long-term communication strategy to say, hey, where's your credit at? Where are the home values at? Boom. Now you're the perfect candidate to convert that loan from an FHA. Let's bring you over to now the conventional loan, which is typically going to be the longer-term loan, the 15-year, the 20-year, or the 30-year fixed loan on conventional. A lot of the time, it won't have any PMI, or the PMI is going to be a lot lower than what you were paying on that FHA loan. So it can really you know, set you up long-term, and people need to stop looking at FHA as the end-all, be-all, because for almost everyone, it's just a way to get from point A to point B. And you're only going to keep that loan for a couple of years, if that, until you're financially positioned 
for the long-term strategy, which is usually that conventional loan, the shorter-term loan, or the, uh, you know, whatever your financial motives are for us to plug that in. FHA is the way to get you started on that path. Gotcha. Wow. I, I didn't, I had no idea that you could actually increase your credit rating in three months, by a hundred points in just- It could be up to that, but it's months. really, as I've talked about in our other shows on credit, right. the number one way to get your credit up is to pay down debt. It's really that simple. So whether you hit the lottery, borrowed it from Uncle Joe, or got it out of the equity in your home, paying down debt specifically, revolving debt and things of that nature, you're going to see your credit score catapult through the roof very quickly in as little as 60 to 90 days. But I would say the average is probably 50 to 70 points, but I have had certain circumstances where that credit can go up 100 points. When we're paying credit cards that were maxed out or over the limit, and now we're paying them to zero or very close to zero, I mean, that is going to have such a huge impact on your credit score and really set you up financially for the future. How is the FHA involved then with, let's say, like a reverse mortgage? So FHA is actually the federal agency that pioneered the reverse oh. mortgage program. Oh. They're the ones that actually created the reverse well, mortgage program. <laughs> and it's the only reverse mortgage program that's insured by the U.S. government. And they refer to it as a HECM, H-E-C-M loan, which stands for Home Equity Conversion Mortgage. And it's only available, these reverse mortgages are only available through an FHA-approved lender. So you can't just get them from any mortgage broker or anyone. They have to be FHA-approved in order to get that. And it, the reverse mortgage, as we discussed in our uh, show about rever mortgages for seniors, we really went in depth on this, but it allows seniors, people over 62 years or older, to withdraw a portion of their home equity. And there's no payments required on that. So it can be just a huge windfall financially for a lot of seniors, especially those on fixed income. They're just getting social security or minimal pension or annuity. The uh, FHA reverse mortgage program, this HECM program can be an absolute lifeline for seniors. And you can borrow for any reason. I've seen people borrow to take vacations. I've seen them borrow to fix up their home, you know, pay taxes, do different things that need to be done. The downside or something to be aware of if you're thinking or considering this FHA HECM program is that you do have to be at least 62 years or, or older and you do have to have a significant equity position in your home. So if you just bought your house or you only have three, five, 10% equity or 20% equity, the HECM program is not gonna work. My experience has been that you need to have a minimum of either 40 or 50% or more equity in your home to be able to qualify for a reverse mortgage. But many seniors have that. They've been in their uh, loan or in their current home for many, many years. They've paid it down. It's appreciated. So the mortgage has gone down. The balance has, or excuse me, the value has gone up. They've got a lot of equity built up. Reverse mortgage is a great way to access that equity. And uh, there are a lot of myths and misconceptions around that sure. that we've talked about too. But again, it's just a huge windfall financially for people. And it's something that I think should really be considered by a lot more people than actually do. I'm just glad that you were able to, you know, really, uh, go into FHA loans. You're right. There's like a stigma that that's a, that's associated with that. And 
Uh, if you can just, we only have a couple of minutes remaining. Just let's clear up some of those myths so that people can walk away from this show saying, you know, I have a better understanding of what an FHA loan is. It's not necessarily permanent. It's just to help you get into the home and then you sure. can always refinance and, down and the And I want to be clear, FHA loans are typically going to be a fixed rate loan. So you could keep it forever. But if you're dealing with a, an expert mortgage advisor, someone seasoned that's really looking after you in your best interest, it's going to be something you're going to look at six months, a year, every couple years to make sure and see when you can convert it over to another type of loan. So the advantages are just to be able to get a home or refinance when you wouldn't have been able to otherwise. It's really that simple. But you wanna check with your mortgage advisor and talk to them about, are there other loan options? You know, do I qualify for a conventional loan? Because conventional loans do have three and 5% down options, low down payment options. It's just that you have to have low debt to income ratios. You have to have higher credit. There's a lot more that goes into a conventional loan qualification than, the, than goes into this FHA, which is why it can be really the first resort for the first time buyer or the person refinancing that had these blemishes on your credit, has a lot of debt, has all these things, and they get told no. Their credit union says, no, we can't help you. Their local banker says, no, your credit's only 640. We can't do business with you. You get with that expert advisor, somebody that knows what they're doing and knows the different guidelines. They can fit you in this Federal Housing Administration loan and get you to the result that you're looking for. Yes, there are extra fees. Yes, there are extra costs. I'm not discounting that, but insurance it's going to well. get you. Mortgage insurance. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This extra mortgage insurance fee that you have to pay, but it's so worth it when you're there in your home with your family and you got to the promised land of being a homeowner or you got that debt paid off or you got your rate down and lowered your mortgage hundreds of dollars a month. This is all possible with FHA. If FHA wasn't there, a lot of people wouldn't be able to buy homes and there'd be very little opportunity for these low to moderate income home buyers. And to be clear, you can only have one FHA loan at a time. That is not 100% true, but for most people, <laughs> you can only have one FHA loan at a time. You have to meet very specific, okay. very, uh, you know, just rigid criteria if you're going to have more than one FHA loan at a time. And you're really going to want to present and consult an expert mortgage advisor very early on if you're considering getting a second FHA loan to make sure that you can meet the criteria that's needed. If not, the deal's going to fall apart very quickly. How often are you yourself putting in somebody in an FHA loan? Very often. Oh, I mean, really? Really? I would say first-time home buyers probably 50 to 60% of my first time buyers are using FHA loans. And again, it's the only option for them. If it wasn't available, they wouldn't be right. able to get a home. I get that. All right. And, and I'm, I'm really running out of time now, but I've got to ask you this follow-up question. On average, how long are they in it before they refinance to a more conventional I would loan? say the average is probably 12 to 18 months. Well, that's it. That's it. Only a that's year to a year and a half. Because again, they're building their credit. Yeah. They've consulted. They know what needs to be done. Right. They're paying debt down. And we're getting them positioned from day one to say, hey, this got you in the house or this helped you refinance. Now let's get you to the next step, which is that long-term loan. Folks, it really does sound like a win-win situation. You know, really, you're getting a lot of uh, amenities and a lot of benefits to this. And you don't even have to stay uh, with that for, for very long. Sounds like you're, you're very you're converting them over fairly quickly. Oh, uh, boy. I, I, then, I, what a, a, every time I'm with you, I learn so much. I want to thank you for also joining us. 
of Mortgage Matters Radio Show. Let me give you the website, www.robgw.com. Again, it's robgw.com. You can get a hold of Rob Weinberg at 860-413-3938. Once again, 860-413-3938. For Rob Weinberg, thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show. I'm Gary Byron. Until next Saturday, have a good one, everybody. So long.